This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, can we just pray and then, um, you know, and just continue to worship our God in offering, and then I'm going to get into the message. Father, I thank you so much that um, it's not about, Lord, whether we do it perfectly, whether we make mistakes, it's all about you. And Lord, we just brag about you, God. You're such a, a good, good God. We thank you that you're establishing us, Father, Lord, on your promises, on your truths. Lord, I pray that we have ears to hear, eyes to see it. I pray that you touch this gift, this offering. Lord, I pray that it goes out and accomplishes everything that you designed it to do, that it touches lives in this community, lives outside this community. And we're expecting great things to come because, Lord, we're giving it to a great, great God in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, you be blessed in your giving. All right, I want to share with you guys today, um, living his plan, it's again, it's the next, we're, again, we're talking about the next generation, raising the next generation, and we're talking about how important it is to live his plan. We live in a time where, uh, and I think all of us can agree, where there's not a consciousness of right and wrong, where people think that there is no moral absolutes and no um, truths, and yet there are. And what, ha- what happens to a society, what happens to a people, what happens to a church that doesn't have this um, inside of their understanding that Jesus is the truth and his desire is to walk that truth through our lives. And the most important thing is you as a Christian, the most important thing for your life and the most important thing you can pass on to the next generation is a sensitivity to hear God's voice. And that the whole thing that Satan's doing is creating a, a moral decay in our, in our society is because, see, let me tell you something. If Brennan, my wife and I, I love, we've been married almost 35 years, and if her and I are walking together down, you know, down the road and stuff, and if my eyes begin to look at another woman, how many realize my wife's still walking with him, but we're not walking? We're not walking together because my eyes got on something else. That's what sin is. God didn't leave you, you're still walking with God, but you are not present with God. And it's so important for us to realize the, you know, that we, can, we think we can do anything we want, however we want, God's gonna love and he's gonna forgive. God is gonna love, he's gonna forgive, but he's not present. You're not present with him. My wife can be right next to me. I'll tell you a funny story and you may not say it and it's gonna go online anyway, but uh, somebody actually years ago, gave us a vacation package. What I mean by that, they didn't give us the flights, but they gave us this hotel or this uh, resort. And we had no idea. My wife and I were real naive in the whole situation, but it was adult only. Had no idea what that meant. I thought, well, well, cool, we're not gonna have our kids. So we went, you know, my wife, I'm an early riser. I mean, I'm always up five, six o'clock in the morning. So we get up, we have, we're doing devotions, we're spending time with God, and then we go down to the beach because we like the sun. We lay out on the beach, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, we're, we're the first one, we're literally the first ones out there. And then the other ones start coming, and all of a sudden, the ladies, they, they all of a sudden, they're starting to come out there minus their tops. We realized real quickly what adult only meant. 
And so instantly I get out and we, we make a run for out of this scenario, out of this whole crazy adult experience that I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, what were these people thinking giving me this vacation package? You know, and then I mean, going, and why am I so naive? Why am I so duh to not understand what this really meant? Well, the point of it is, is my wife and I, we, we went to a lot of different um, places to, uh, to bathe and to have fun, but it wasn't there anymore. We used that place as a sleeping only experience. Culture experiences life is always trying to bring a distraction in your eye gate. Your eyes are the very lamp of who you are. And God wants to fill that lamp in his spirit realm with who he is in your life. He wants to be explosive. And so many of us are filling it with with Marvel movies. Let me tell you something. There's nothing any Marvel movie has on it that angels couldn't do 10 times. 10 times. One angel's 10 times the most powerful Marvel agent out there. And yet many of us will brag about Marvel movies. And I'm not, again, I like Marvel movies. But I like, here's the thing is, is what they do is they might fill my imagination up and I think, man, I got something even better to come to than this. I'm going to go to heaven and you know what? And if you think this is marvelous, even all the things that they've done and exploited, and then my new body, stand aside, Superman, I'm taking you on. Hey, stand aside, Aquaman, move on. My new body with full of the spirit can be able to do way more than what those imaginations are. And yet so many times we don't have this opportunity to talk to our kids or not taking this opportunity to talk to our kids. And God wants to fill us with that imagination because we're made in his, we're made in his image. And he wants to fill us with that imagination. So today I want to talk about Ephesians chapter 5. Why is it that God has do's and don'ts in our life? Well, my wife has, you know, my wife may not voice her do's and don'ts, but let me tell you this, they're understood. Do you guys understand? They're understood. And I don't have to voice my do's and don'ts, they're understood. I remember it was uh, some time ago that there was uh, somebody that had a, um, I'm just going to say an unclean perspective of my wife. And my wife is such a sweetheart, she's so nice, and she's so giving, and so understanding, and this person was pursuing her. And she was, I don't know if she really understood what it is, and so finally what I did is I go, no more contact. Done. And she was so excited and so thankful that I created that boundary, she didn't feel controlled, she felt loved. And yet so many times when we're looking at the Bible, we're going over there looking at the Bible and we're missing understanding. It isn't about control. It's about gut love. And God says, look, I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to empower your life. I want your life full. So here's the things that you don't want to do because when you're doing these things, we can't walk together. We may be present together, but we're not present. And that's why God used the scriptures as they're committing adultery, they're committing idolatry. It wasn't a physical thing, it was a spiritual thing. And God had already given them a do and a don't scenario from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. He goes, look, I don't want you to do this. I have this one thing because I want your heart to be fully mine as your heart is fully mine. Ephesians 5, 1 through 20. And we're gonna talk about this passage and we're gonna try to break it down. Imitate God. Every one of us here 
should be thinking of that. And every one of us here should be passing that on to our teenagers, to our kids. Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his kids, live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You know how many places where I've seen Christians in the workplace do that? Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. Let this not be inside of your experience. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, a worshiper, the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. We talked about this last week when it says, stop being passive. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music to the Lord in your heart. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord. Let's pray. Father, I just ask by your Holy Spirit that you just awaken all of our lives to a new place. I pray steps of righteousness, paths in front of us. I pray clarity, Lord, that we would hear, that we would be quickened, that we'd have those impressions, that we'd be sensitive to your plan, your will, especially your voice. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Number one out of this message, I want you to understand is we are to be imitators of God, not each other. Today, there's so many imitators. There's so many things. That, in fact, if you were to look at our social media, everything is designed around social media so that you're not happy with who you are, so that you become an imitator of somebody else. That's the whole plan, the whole design of social media is so that you'll be imitators. And let me tell you something, the whole plan God wrote his word is so you'd be an imitator of God. The whole reason God gave us his word, the whole reason God inspired his truth is so that you'd be an imitator of God. And that's why it's so important for us to have and share those stories. It's so important for us to be able to get in, you know, get in our devotional time with our kids. 
Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done. Let them be living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, and let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I love how, you know what, our our Pastor Jenna, what is she trying to do next week for our youth? Helping our youth change the way they think. By the, get your youth here. Get your neighbor's youth here. They're probably not going to be prepared for it, but get them here anyway, all right? Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In our passage already for today, which is Ephesians 5, again, I'll just review it. It says, imitate God. Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear kids, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Number two, we are, we're created to live out God's identity, not man's. There should not be any kind of identity crisis today in the church. We're here to live. There's only one identity we're supposed to live, and it's his. We live out Christ's identity Genesis 1.27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I don't have time to go through this, but, you know, um, in our place to belong, we try to help people understand that the Holy Spirit has different gifts for everybody. And so Jesus was the only one that had the fullness of the Spirit that every single gift that could come out of heaven was imparted and implanted inside of Jesus. And so that Jesus being the head distributes those gifts out to all of us. So what we're trying to do is that when you go through the class time or go through the Word, you're recognizing that you are gifted and that your identity, every one of you, is identified as God's kid. Every one of you is identified. When you accept Jesus, you have that identity. But yet each one of you have a gift that differs, you know, is different from someone else's, and it's to be celebrated. That's the whole reason why church should be so much fun. That's why we want people to come to church. That's why we don't want people like some of our elders in the past that would sit in, you know what, in their house with their underwear. Well, some of y'all think that's funny, all right? Don't try to guess which elder that is, but that was one of our elders, all right? Point is is that it's important for you to realize that you are gifted and that you come to church and go, man, I had such a great week and this is the gift that God had me to distribute and share with those in my workplace, in my neighbors, or sometime maybe you even went through some struggles that week, but you're realizing those struggles were Satan trying to take your gift away from you. But the point is, is that we should not have an identity crisis because our identity is in Christ. It's in Christ. Three, the world has behaviors that we are not to engage in. There are no no's. You know what? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think that it feels like you have to treat people today like they're three again. Even though they're 40 and 50, 60, 20, whatever they are, and it's like a three-year-old go, no, no, it's too hot. No, no, that, you know what, that's going to hurt you. But it seems like that you have to almost share the no-nos again because all of us want to engage in the no-nos. 
You're preaching really good, Pastor Ron. You're right in my carpeting, all right? So, anyway, that's what's happening. That's one of the reasons I'm trying to make it so clear today. Because we have become, there are absolutes, and the absolute has, got, it has a name. His name is Jesus, and I want to walk with him, and I want to talk with him, and I want to have my being with him. I want to have my gifts with him. I want to express who he is. I want to imitate him. That's what God's word says, and the only way I'm going to do that is if I allow that light of who he is on the inside. I heard this one man say it this way. He goes, you know, God never left me, but sometimes my behaviors pushed him so far down inside of me that him and I weren't walking together. That's what it's talking about. The world has behaviors. Ephesians 5, here's some of those behaviors. No-nos. Sexual immorality, impurity, greed. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse joking. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Today, we are in a place where there's so much on, you know what, if we're not talking about, we're not part of it, almost all our social activity around us is. Ephesians 4, 17 through 29 says this, when the Lord's authority, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as Gentiles, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learn, church family. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts. Let it renew your attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our own neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold of the devil. Recently, I talked to somebody that had just um, got fired from a job, you know, just really unfairly and uh, selfishly. And what their perspective was is this, and they fought this. They go, look, one part of me wants to just, you know, take advantage of what they've done and, and so how, you know, somehow I can get everything I can out of this situation. And another part of me is, oh God, let not my heart be in distress over this unrighteous thing. I give you my heart. And in fact, that was a daily thing. So they wouldn't let sin rise up. They wouldn't let, let frustration rise up. They said, I want to be a light to this situation. Number four, don't be fooled. Listen to God's voice. If This whole message is for this right here. I, so many times I'm trying to talk to um, individuals, not just corporately. And in the, when I was growing in uh, 30-some, 40-some years ago in Jesus, everybody was saying, this is what God's saying. This is God talking to me about this. I don't hear that anymore. Because I really believe that there's so many distractions, there's so much distractions inside of our thoughts, inside of our attitudes and our ways. There's so many things coming that, that we're not even desiring to hear God's voice. Everything that I long for, I'm going, my wife and I are going through a, a very distressful situation in our life, and right now, everything I want, I don't want what anybody else has to say. I want what God has to say in this hour. 
And so it takes, me, it takes a lot. In fact, sometimes I'll, I'll be just literally won't have a sleepless night because of all the anxiety and all the things that try to play out in my mind what could go wrong. You guys know what I'm talking about. I've seen people with physical situations attack, and they'll spend, instead of, you know, they've been diagnosed with cancer, and instead of spinning out, you know, and getting in the Word of God and seeing what God has to say about it, they'll spend a whole, the sleepless night with anxiety. Well, what, what, what's next? With all anxiousness. And I'm telling you here, I've had those evenings of anxiety and war in my own life, but I stand against that anxiety because, see, it's not even about the scenario anymore. It's about the anxiety. It's about the spirit that's behind it trying to take me down a course that's not God's promises. And what I find is that God's voice is still and it's quiet, and the enemy's is loud and boisterous and troublesome and full of fear. And so I have to hold, the Bible says, hold fast to your profession. So I'm saying, God, you got this, you got this. And everything around me is, where are you, God? Well, if you got this, why am I struggling with this situation? And that's where I have to hold fast. God, you got this. And then I find promises that, guess what? He's got this. And I find a song to worship him. He's got this. And the next thing I know, the very spirit of anxiety that's all around my ear gate and my eye gate and everything else that's going on and all the noise, all of a sudden this presence of God comes over my life and I have peace and I love what Psalm says. He prepares a table, a table a place of festivity with him in the midst of my chaos. My chaos didn't go away. My problems didn't go away. But in the midst of this, this light shines in my heart. And I say, God, you do got this. And I feel his presence. That's what we want you to have. Not the presence of anxiety, not the presence of fear, not the presence this world has. What makes you different as a child of God is you let a promise get embedded in your heart. James 1 says, thank God we go through these trials because the embedded word, the implanted word of God comes inside of you. Is that word implanted in you or is it literally upplanted? What are you holding on to through these hours of your life? And these trials that are going on in your life, the world around you is looking for someone who's a light in the midst of the darkness. Don't be fooled. Listen to God's voice inside. Ephesians 5, 6, 9. Don't be fooled. This is Ephesians telling us, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins. For the anger of God will fall on all. They're going, you know what? God doesn't see it. Everybody's doing it. Doesn't make a difference. Don't be fooled by it. Fact number five, the absence of consequences is only a mask for the problem. Because we think, you know, everybody else is doing it. I know other church people are doing it. I know other situations are doing it. And they're not getting in trouble by it. So why can't I have a little bit of fun? Why can't I, you know, uh, experience a little bit of this? Because whatever, don't be fooled. It's just a mask. And if anybody, if we're not a society that knows what a mask does, okay, it's just a mask. It's all it is. And what happens is just like with my wife going over here, and you're, you know what? My wife's next with me, and all of a sudden, if my eyes go somewhere else, which they don't, I like what Job says I have made a covenant with my eyes that will not look at another woman with lust. Men, you need to do that. Women, you need to do that. Make a covenant with your eyes. It's time for us to go over there and be different. Where the world looks like the church is no different than me. They act like that, they talk like that, they walk, you know what? They walk just like the world. No, we don't. 
We walk, with the, we walk with the integrity of God's truth inside of our heart, and it's growing. Will you make mistakes? Yes, but I thank God that God can cleanse us from it. Number six, life should be intentional. Know what you are going to do and not to do. I love uh, Ephesians 5.15, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. There's a, um, a couple different examples in the Bible I want to refer to when we're in our closing time. One of them is, is found in Acts chapter 5. There's these two people named Ananias and Sapphira. And uh, what happens is, is that um, they're in the church, and the, they're, they're in a time of the church where the church is so alive, the Spirit of God is moving, and there's so much conviction, and every single day people are having church. And every single day, there's people being added to the church, and uh, these two people are affluent people. What I mean by that is they, they would have some lakefront property, and they had, it, they had spare to give. And so uh, what was happening that day is people were selling their, their properties, and then they were giving, so distributing the funds that they were selling. And people were like, you know, what was happening is it was a new place where people were getting attention and getting admiration and going, wow, look what they gave up. Look what they, look what they sacrificed for God. Well, Ananias and Sapphira got caught up in that. And so they sold a piece of property. And then they lied about how much they got out of it. Instead of just saying the truth. And they bring it to the church and of course the Holy Spirit says, you know, why'd you lie? I mean, it, wasn't, it was yours to give. You didn't, you didn't have to give it all. You didn't even have to sell it. But why did you lie? And Ananias, would go over there, the power of God hits Ananias, and his life is snuffed right there. And then Sapphira hasn't heard about it. That's his wife. She walks into, the, walks into the church a little bit later, and she's asked the same question. And what happens is, is how can you, in fact, the, you know what? Peter asked, how can you conspire against God? And yet today, you know what, lying and cheating, man, it's commonplace. In fact, I heard just somebody else the other day going, everybody lies, everybody cheats. Everybody lies in their taxes, everybody cheats in their taxes. Everybody, no, 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 they don't. Not everybody's doing it because some of us really want to imitate God. Because God doesn't lie and cheat. Aren't you thankful that one day when all of this is over and he raptures us and God goes, I was just lying, I ain't taking you up here anyway. I was just cheating it. I, ah. That's not what it is. God is true to wor his word, and God wants you to be true to his word. Second one I want to share with you is David, and I'm going to read a psalm. And some of you know what I'm gonna, where I'm going to go, but you know, the Bible says that David was a man chasing God's heart, which means David wanted to imitate God. He's longing to imitate God, everything he did. And he found it, which I love, is he found it so much in worship. I really believe it's to enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. That's the first place. You want to get close to God, you're never going to happen without praise and worship. In fact, we just read it in Ephesians 5. He says, stop complaining about things, but always give thanks with singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's just that you enter that gate. So you get closer to God through it. 
Well, what happens is, is David, um, one day, he's supposed to go out fighting, the Bible says, and he doesn't go fighting, and, and sees a beautiful woman bathing on top of her, um, her home. David sees her, so obviously, and, and here's the thing is that her husband is one of David's mighty warriors. So she knows that David didn't go out to fight. He knows who she is. He even says, well, go inquire. You know, just, you're just going, you know, come on. You only got so many mighty warriors, you know who their wife is. And then David takes her to himself. And literally, making this long story short, um, she gets pregnant, and to hide the sin, because that's what a lot of us want to do, we got that from Adam and Eve, what they want to do is they go over there and get some figs and some leaves and try to hide their sin, cover it up. So don't get so mad at David. We all do it. We all try to do it. We, we, we don't realize that God sees everything. We think if somebody else didn't see it, we're okay. My spouse didn't see what, you know, what you're looking on your phone or, or whatever, but, you know, I'm okay. Or somebody else didn't see it, we're okay. Are you kidding me? God sees everything. All right? And so what happens is we live, we live our lives by what other people think we are instead of imitating God. And that's what God wants us to be. And so here's the thing is, I don't want you to end on this sorry note, but David goes and he's starting to wander from God. His eyes have gone somewhere, they don't belong. Now his actions have gone somewhere, it doesn't belong. And in fact, he's so hard-hearted, he has this man killed so he doesn't get in trouble. And, and you know what? Really, what's really hard on us is that he, he doesn't even recognize that he's not walking with God anymore. In fact, you say, well, Pastor, how do you know that? Well, because he inspired a psalm that he had wrote, written so that all of us would see it, all right? And I'm going to find Psalms 51, so I, I know it's in your notes. You're going to have to back up. It's one of the first scriptures that we're supposed to, to read and I didn't get to, okay? Psalms 51, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. First of all, if your sin haunts you, that's a good thing. That's conviction. It's when your sin doesn't haunt you, that's a bad thing. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire, look at what David says, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sin. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew, an, renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Do you see what, see, sin has consequences. Impurity, watching those things on, you know, on, on your phone, has consequences. Your, your conscience that wants so much to be tied with God. It wants to hear God. It wants to be sensitive to, to his voice and those impressions. It, it longs to be present with God. And the next thing you know, and, and you're going, well, no one's looking, no one's, you, you know what, you, you, it's in secret. And so you, you go down that path, and you think, well, no harm, no gain. 
Well, it wasn't harm. It was your conscience. Your conscience that God gave you to be conscious of him. And at first, he says, he made you conscious of sin so that you would ask him to forgive you and cleanse you from all sin so that you could have a consciousness of him again. That's the whole purpose of it. He doesn't want you sin conscious. He wants you to be over there and realize forgiveness conscience. He'd cleanse you of it so that you could have this purity of heart. Because by the way, God says the pure in heart will see God, which means the impure won't. But here's David, God making me a pure heart. Cleanse me. This guy murdered. He's a murderer. He's an adulterer. And yet God, and we would call those the big sins, right? Amen? That's what we'd call those, the big sins. Like there are big ones and small ones. There aren't all sin. All sin leads to death. But we would classify those as big ones. We would judge people that had experienced those. But David finds his God, I wronged Bathsheba, I wronged the family, I wronged your kingdom, but right now, I wronged you, and I'm sorry. I feel our brokenness. I sense our distance, and I'm sorry. For, for Nathan, the prophet, to even have to come to me and tell some crazy story for me even to even see this lie I'm living, I'm sorry. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Renew in me a right spirit, a holy one, a pure one. I'm truly sorry. God, may the songs of my heart again worship you. May they not sit there and be filled with the guilt and the shame. God, this weight's too much to bear. I can't even sleep at night. God, cleanse me. God, forgive me. Or maybe you're in a worse place where you don't even see it or feel it anymore. God, give me a sensitive conscience, a heart again. I'm sharing this with you because this is what we should pass on to the next generation. This is what we need to pass. Why, son, don't you want that stuff on your phone? Son, why do you, why do you, why do you want to want to pray? Get them and, 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 and get in a prayer circle with them. Oh, God. And then bring the presence and have that presence of God in your car. So please bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for who you are. I pray a cleansing in the house of God, in each individual temple that you call us. And Lord, corporately, I pray for a moving. Lord, even as we asked that, Lord God, that we asked that angels would arrest every wrong spirit at these doors. God, I pray right now that we would be arrested by your presence. I pray that there be such a a understanding, a connection with the greatness of who you are. And that there's a holiness, God, that we can't attain to, that we can't really live out. We can be imitators, try to be, but God, without your light, without your love, without your moving, without your Holy Spirit, there is no way we'll walk it out. But God, all things are possible with our surrender to you. We will say things. We will do things. We will walk in places. We'll react differently because it's your spirit, your purity of who you are in our lives. No longer are we led by our soul. No longer are we led by our 
lust or our emotions or, or even experiences. We're led by your spirit. We can brag about you day in and day out because it's the submission we have in you. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't have a living, active relationship with him, that's where it all starts, is at that cross. Jesus died for you. And all you need to do is accept his gift, his, his sacrifice as yours. Receive it. The Bible says, to him who receives, they'll give him power to become a child of God. Power to imitate who God is. You can't do it without that surrender first. If you're here this morning, say, Pastor, I'm ready to surrender. I want to do that right now. I want you to raise your hand nice and high. Say, that's me. Anybody here that say, it's me? See the hand? Anybody else say, that's me? church family let's pray together say father in heaven in Jesus name here I am I'm all yours and I receive your power of your love and your forgiveness in my life Jesus I accept the sacrifice that you gave on the cross for my sins price I couldn't pay. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and let's worship our King together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.